1: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
2: All right, let's talk about Dan Snyder no longer being a member of the National Football League. He's not getting $6 billion, people. He's not getting $6.05 billion. He's only going to get $5,990,000,000. That will teach him uh, no longer. is Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders, the news breaking late this afternoon. It is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance, save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Uh I am neither Joe nor Amber, and neither is Matt. It's Matt Jones and Saren Petro in for Joe and Amber. Matt, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. I love that again.
3: intro, by the way. From Miami to Las Vegas. And here we have from Kansas City. to Lexington Kentucky it's not quite as glamorous as Miami to Las Vegas but it's right in the heart of America so even though so all of you who put on your 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 suits and your fancy clothes to go clubbing in Miami and Vegas you get Kansas City and Lexington and you just have to deal with
2: it I think more fitting would be with your wrestling background from parts unknown
3: that's right. It uh,
2: would be Matt Jones. You should Jones. visit Kansas read, City right. and
3: Lexington, folks. Like a lot of you listening in America, you're like, I wouldn't go to Kansas City. I wouldn't go to Lexington. Well, you're wrong. It's a lot of stuff, fun stuff to do in both places. You get the barbecue in Kansas City. You get the horses and the bourbon here in Lexington. Why wouldn't you make a trip to those places?
2: Yeah, the uh, flyover states, so you find out, uh, the, I know here in Kansas City, there's almost a fear that people will stop by, like it, and stay. And they're, like, they're, so you don't actually, want people. You don't want no. people there. I, I I do. I do. But there are a lot of people that like don't want the city to grow. They're like they're wow. always afraid if somebody comes in because usually people come to town like you said. I'm sure you get the same thing, Matt. Come to town, and go. Oh, this is a really great town. Yeah, I didn't realize. I didn't realize you had like civilization and you know yeah. like people can read and, when and there's not a cow Kentucky, in your backyard. You know, yeah, I mean, when you say for like, Kentucky,
3: people think like wh- what? You don't have a mullet. You have all of your teeth. <laughs> like, have you been to KFC? And I'm and I always get frustrated with it. But you know what? We're going to be proof that you can be entertaining and be in the flyover states. And I'm with you on, the, uh, on Dan Snyder. He doesn't get quite what was initially reported. But most importantly, Siren, the NFL gets him out of the league. He's been an embarrassment for over a decade. And it's, when you have an NFL team, it's hard to get rid of NFL teams and it is presidents of the United States. And now we finally are able to rid ourselves of the Dan Snyder plague.
2: Yeah, and it's amazing because you know the the sale price six point oh five billion. I had somebody say like, why do you say point oh five? I said because it's fifty million dollars. Like when it's point oh five <laughs> yeah, of when a billion, it like right. it's yeah. fifty million dollars. We're not talking about you know like six dollars and fifty cents. We're talking about fifty million dollars. But on his way out the door, they announce it, and in addition to announcing that the sale is final to Josh Harris, the sale price was six point oh five billion dollars. But Dan Snyder on his way out the door, they won. Released a twenty three page report, uh, detailed how he embezzled 11 million dollars from other owners i would say that's what they could prove that's what they knew that's what they could get done uh, by sale date uh, i am assuming there's
3: probably more than and that's just why what- he's gone by the way Sir he's yes. gone because of that don't let people fool you he's not gone because of all the stuff he did because he's been doing it for years he's yes. gone because he stole 11 million dollars from him and even though that's a trivial amount of money I've been around enough rich people. It ain't about the money for them. It's about the fact that you take anything that's theirs. He is gone because of the money, in my opinion, not because of the rest of the stuff.
2: Yeah, and I think that's fair because in the report, it also talks about Snyder uh, being you know, abusive, uh, sexual harassment uh, going on with former employee Tiffany Johnson. Uh, allegations that have been made for a long, long time was made in front of a House committee and did not get him out. Right, that one. Yes. There was, there were all kinds of story after story from uh, cheerleaders and other employees that didn't get him out. They do include it in this report that that's part of it, and they fine him sixty million dollars uh, going out the door. So, like I said, he gets just short of six billion, and I think he might still have some investors, although he bought some of them out. Uh, Don Natta Jr. has been covering this for a while for ESPN.com, and he wrote a great piece uh, back in February about you know fifty five million dollar line of credit that was given, all these different things. Painting is plain, being used with team money and the the other owners of the team not knowing about it. To your point, Matt, that's what got him out. That's what got him there. And really the other thing that got him there and, and I and I spoke with Don uh yesterday about the, the latest story that he wrote about a week or so ago and where he talked about that, you know, leaking the John Gruden emails is really what finally was it. It wasn't all the allegations of sexual harassment. It wasn't even embezzling from his own partners within the commander's ownership group. It was when emails got out there, uh, you know, to try to embarrass Bruce Allen, his general that's, manager I mean, at that's the time. The,
3: it's all just, a hey, listen, this whole NFL crew, uh, ownership group is really just an old boys club. And, like, when I was a kid, they had a country club, and they let me play golf there, and I, I was like and you would go in this room and there were these people and they'd all be laughing and talking with each other and they all sort of seemed like they had you know they had this camaraderie but you've never seen people fight like when rich people think they've screwed each other over that's when oh, yes. ri- like people get so mad and it can be over the most trivial things and i agree with you well to, they, to they, your the, po- the problem the problem is if you start saying that these owners should lose their gigs for personal conduct. A lot of these dudes are like, don't look into my stuff. Right. But when it was terms of stealing from them and it was in terms of embarrassing the fellow owners, that's why you get Jerry Jones who said this, it is a great day for the NFL. I promise you he said it.
2: I think it's going to be a great day for the NFL and uh, uh, excited, And it's, uh, I think, a Hallmark day. Uh, about the uh, prospects of uh, going into uh, Washington and uh, giving them some capital punishment. Jerry, God God love him. Um, Listen, and that is significant to your point about the Billionaire Boys Club because Jerry Jones was like Daniel Snyder's, like his... Like, I, I the way it was, just, well, Don Van Natta Jr. was the one who was on uh, with me, and he said he was like his protege. Dan Snyder was a protege of Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones, you know, Don wrote a piece on him. He followed Jerry Jones around. He said when Dan Snyder would call, he'd light up, and he'd counsel Dan Snyder, you know, about things. Snyder was always asking him how things worked as an owner. And so this was like his protege. I mean, Jerry Jones always stuck up for him. And to your point, he said that Roger Goodell stuck up for him. Right, like, and protected him, and that's because, like you said, that that's Goodell's job. He gets sixty-five million dollars a year to protect the billionaire boys' club, and he did it, and he did it even for Daniel Snyder, who was accused of his organization having reprehensible behavior going on throughout. But instead, they protected him until you stole from the family. You don't, you don't steal from the family, right? It's like those old mafia uh, you movies. You also,
3: you also don't bring disrepute to the, uh, I mean, listen, again, I'm sort of anti-really rich people. I think they get so much money that they live in their own bubbles. But Daniel Snyder was not one of them. He's kind of weird. He's kind of awkward. He didn't really fit in with the group. NFL's old money, most of it. It's not like the NBA, which has a lot of younger, like different, it's a lot of old money, old family money. And Daniel Snyder didn't fit in with the group. You're right, Jerry Jones was his one advocate. He lost Jerry Jones with the emails. So you're never going to have me believe that the NFL took any moral stance. They did not. The NFL didn't do this because of the various things he's alleged. They defended him for years. At the end of the day, they thought he was sneaky and he was, like, and he was stealing money from them and doing things behind the scenes. And that's why we no longer have Daniel Snyder uh, as an owner.
2: Yeah, and now Josh Harris steps in, and we'll see where it goes with the Commanders. Commanders also trying to get a stadium built uh, there, so there's a lot going on with them. Jerry Jones now calling it a great day uh, for the NFL. They move on from Dan Snyder. They will not move on from this, as there will still be fallout. That comes from everything that went on during Dan Snyder's tenure as the owner of the Commanders. All right, coming up, we'll say Quan Barkley following Le'Veon Bell's footsteps. We'll talk about that next. Joe and Amber on ESPN
1: Radio.
0: No matter how much we yearned for yesterday, when the
2: running back was really, really important, like when Herschel Walker could be traded for like half a roster, uh, it doesn't work that way in the NFL anymore. And Saquon Barkley, whether he likes it or not, is finding that out right now. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Matt Jones, Soren Petro, we're in. Uh, for Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. And uh, let's hear real quick from Saquon Barkley. I think this is the one that's got people uh, fired up. They didn't get a deal done. Uh, so it's like, okay, he's going to come back. He's going to play on the franchise tag. Maybe not so quick. Uh, here from the Money Matters podcast, Saquon Barkley said he's thought about sitting out the season.
0: Because this is my leverage. My leverage is, I can say, to the Giants, I say F- to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much, how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I right. won't play it down. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a play I can use. Do I, anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But like, it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like, I it never, to. I never thought I would ever do that. But like, now I'm at a point where it's like, Jesus, like, I, I might have to take it to
1: this level.
2: Uh, Matt, I'm gonna tell you, like, if you're gonna take it to that level, really all you can do is threaten that. And I guess you could follow it up and do it, but if you really wanted to, and I know he was uh, at OTAs and camps and was making comments and was making it clear that he wanted to get the contract done, but this is an idle threat right now. You can't give him a long contract anymore. That can't, that's no longer an option. The, every bullet in the chamber of the negotiating tactic of putting pressure on your organization had to be fired before the deadline came and went uh, for this. You can sit out. But they'll still have the rights. You can sit out all the way till the last five, six, seven games, whatever it is you need to actually go ahead and come back and play to have it count as a year. Trent Williams did that uh, a number of years ago for the Commanders back in the day. But this really is an idle threat. The Giants have already known that this would be sitting there. They crossed that bridge. They couldn't get a deal done. Matt, I'll say this. What I want to know is what deal was offered. What did he turn down? Because yeah, if we don't, know, I mean,
3: none of that matters. He, oh, it, it absolutely matters. Here's who he matters. should be mad at. Here's who he should be mad at. He should be mad at the Players Association. The Players Association, as part of their negotiating, has created the the franchise tag, and they've agreed to it. And so long, and the franchise tag is unfair. It's it it, it requires one player on a roster to have to not get market value, and he's the only one that on the roster that doesn't have to get it. So it's unfair to him. But you know what? That's what they negotiated. And unfortunately, one player on every team has to suffer for that. That's who he should be mad at. As far as sitting out, he's not going to do that, or at least he shouldn't do that. Because he'll never make that money again. Like, okay, so again, let's say it's the franchise tag, how much would he get under the franchise tag? What is it? What's the amount? Is it seventeen million? Ten point one. Ten point one. He'll never make that 10.1 back. If he sits out the year, right. th- it's not like that 10.1 is going to come to him in a year or two years or three years. It'll never come back. That's money gone. So it's, it's a waste of time. You mentioned the very good point that they'll still retain his rights, but it also is just money he loses. I understand but- I understand why running backs hate it. I understand why Booger McFarlane and Marcus Spears have said it's not fair. But you know what? Life's not fair. And the reality is that those guys, those running backs, I'm not going to say they don't matter. They matter, but they don't matter as much as they used to. And because they don't matter as much as they used to, you cannot pay them what he wants, and that's just the reality. And he may not like it. And I don't. Th- I hate it for him, but sorry, that's. Life. And every
2: team in the NFL knows that, and everybody in the NFL knows that, except for apparently running backs and a handful of agents. Everyone knows that they don't count as much. The reason why I say it comes down to what he was offered. If he turned down four years, fifty million with thirty million guaranteed, he made a Titanic mistake because now he'll play for ten. And then go back to the negotiating table with a team that can just bump him twenty percent and put the franchise tag right back on him. Like you're right, the, the only way to fix this, if there's going to be any fixing, and I really don't think there will be, because the running back position is eminently replaceable. At least eighty, ninety percent of it. You and I talked about this last weekend is replaceable, so it's not going to change. But if you want to get away, get do away with the franchise tag, fine, you, you can do that. Well, and, he that's get, years, and he might that's get, he might years than... away from happening. If you, if he walked away. From 15, 20, 25, 30 million guaranteed dollars because the deal isn't as big as wide receiver deals, then he made a titanic mistake. If they were offering him just 10 million a year with 10 million guaranteed, no, then you're getting the same thing up front and you get a chance to, to go back to the table next time. But if he turned down more guaranteed money, that is a mistake. 15 is more than 10, 20 is more than 10. So the guaranteed money that was offered is of note and the fact that that's not being discussed and agents love to put those numbers out there says that the number was probably a lot more than
3: 10 million he was going to be guaranteed had he signed with the Giants I don't even care about the details running back doesn't matter it doesn't matter it does <laughs> not matter it matters a little bit but there are there are 50 guys who can do 80 to 90% of what Saquon Barkley does when yeah. I hear these when I hear these former football players talk about running back, they talk about it like it's a zero-sum game. You either have Saquon Barkley or you have Matt Jones. That's not the way it works. You have Saquon Barkley or 80% of Saquon Barkley. And what is 80% of Saquon Barkley worth? It's not worth what they're they, – like, you can get 80% of Saquon Barkley for $1.5 million as a rookie, right? So if I can get 80% of Saquon Barkley for $1.5 million, why in the world would I pay him twenty? I'm not going to do it, and no one is gonna do it. And I'm sorry for those guys. It it stinks. But you know what else stinks? It stunk for Kodak Swin <laughs> when they spent their entire company making film and then all of a sudden cell phones sure. came around. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that stinks. But you know what? I, I, That's life.
2: Listen, I'll even go a step further. I don't even know that it stinks. Ten million dollars. I mean, I know I know other guys make more, quarterbacks make fifty. It's still ten million dollars, and acting like that is somehow an well, insult. Well,
3: I, no, I disagree with you there. It stinks because that's not what he would get on the open market. He would get more than ten. The franchise he, he tag. He would get stinks. twelve.
2: Derrick Henry's at twelve. Like, what? How much fran- more are you going to get than, than yeah, Derek the Henry's highest-paid all, running Derek back? Derrick Henry's
3: football. a number of years older with more wear on him. It stinks. He would probably get fifteen or sixteen on the open market. The franchise tag stinks for guys, but the fact that the running back position. Is not what it was. That's not changing. And you might as, again, it's like, have you ever seen Did you watch the movie Blackberry when it came out, Siren? Have you seen it? It came out uh, this past year. Blackberry's no. a great movie. Well, you know what? Blackberries are gone. Why? iPhones were better. It's the way it is. And passing is better than running up the middle. I'm sorry, Saquon. I'm sorry to Le'Veon Bell, Chris Johnson, everybody else. It doesn't matter. Running back's not the same.
2: Real quick, I want to hear Le'Veon Bell because he's the guy who did sit out five years ago. It didn't work so well for him. Uh, he apologized to Steelers fans.
1: I never apologize to the fans for really sitting out or leaving the Steelers. I never apologize, So I'm going to say I apologize for leaving, leaving the best damn fans there is in this damn world. I shouldn't have left. I apologize. I should never have left. I apologize. That's my fault. That's on me.
2: Yeah, he should have never left. Uh, I'll tell you why he should have never left, because he only had 1,200 yards rushing after it. He never found the same kind of situation, and Saquon Barkley may never find a situation that's as comfortable or an offense that feels the need to justify having taken him in the fifth round or with a top-five pick uh, like the Giants did. Listen, coming up, is college football a disaster right now? Matt and I will tell you next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, brought to you by
1: Progressive Insurance. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Lane Kiffin,
2: SEC Media Days, Uh, legalized cheating. It's what we're talking about here. The NIL, it is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, He is Matt Jones. I am Sarin Petro. Uh, In for Joe and Amber. And uh, there is, I believe, Matt, if I'm not mistaken, we've got, what, just 16 more days of uh, the SEC Media Days, right? It's just <laughs> yeah, about SEC August Media 15. Days
3: is too long. I, the only interesting conversation I've heard from SEC Media Days – was when someone asked Mark Stoops of Kentucky if it was time for him to shave his head because he was going bald. I thought, that is a gutsy question by a guy (laughs) named Nick Roush. He looks at a man whose hairline is getting to the back of his head, and he said, do you think you should come home and actually shave your head? Now, that is a good question. What is not good is Lane Kiffin's nonsense today, Surin. Yeah, the, here's let's hear what he had to say talking about you know nil.
2: This is the thing we heard coaches complain about it forever. Then it's it's arrived and now it's like ch- jockeying to figure out the best way to use it to your advantage. Here, Lane Kiffin refers to nil as legalized cheating.
1: Just like when everybody was like, "Oh, we got this nil.
2: It's great," and then um, you know in this portal, it's great. Oh, whoa, like. And I'm not saying I was the only one saying, it. I'm like, well, this is a disaster coming, because you just legalized cheating. And you just told but donors they can pay the players. That's what you did. And then, you know, it's supposed to be set up, well, it's really for your name, image, likeness, for your marketing. Again, that's not, what hap- that's not what's
1: happening. They're getting paid to go to school. So it's paid for play.
3: Please shut up, Lane Kiffin. I mean, seriously, (laughs) shut up. There is so much hypocrisy in every single thing that Lane Kiffin said that it infuriates me, and I like Lane Kiffin. I find him entertaining. I find him interesting. But first of all, Seren, he acts like he he somehow was Albert Einstein sitting there going, well, I was saying, everybody was saying, everybody knew there was going to be cheating. Secondly, though, Lane Kiffin has been caught cheating. Okay, the idea that he acts like some paragon of virtue, he's at Old Miss. You know why they struggle? They don't have as much money as the other schools. Oh, well, that's life. Do you think, Siren? if he was at Alabama, he'd be going, well, this just isn't good. No, because they have more money. He's mad he's at a small school that doesn't have as much money. That's the way it is. And these players should be getting paid. I don't care if they're getting paid to go to school. They should. And Lane Kiffin, I like him, but he is being a hypocrite. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're just what? one year or
2: two years removed from Nick Saban complaining about how much money Texas A&M was spending. So Stop Maybe, it. Maybe even if he was at Alabama, Lane Kiffin would still be complaining if Nick Saban was talking about how much Texas A&M was paying its players But you don't believe
3: though. that though, Seren, You don't believe Alabama doesn't have the money? If Alabama wants a guy, they'll find the money. They got more I, money than anybody. I,
2: I will say this, the, the amount of money, I this is one of the things that I think the rest of the SEC is really going to learn and we'll see if they can. Listen, you can throw a lot of money around, but you gotta throw it the right places. You gotta spend it the right way. I agree with All you got to do is look at the New York Mets. You know, just spending doesn't work. Now, you know, there's there's a lot that goes on there, but I'm, I'm generalizing to make a make a point here. But the amount of money, I will say this: the SEC is going to get a bit a uh, bit of an eye opener. You're talking about fifteen twenty billion dollar endowments to the University of Texas. The amount of money that Texas, and I think it's twelve or fourteen billion for a And M. You know, they're up there. It's like Harvard, are Yale, they Texas, are they Texas a And M. Is Texas no, winning and, and, now, so no, it doesn't but, matter. But we're but we're just entering. The era of buying players. Yeah, so but, now the, the, but it's, it's, not, is, it's but not, just not just not building your facilities.
3: I, I, I the facilities. We're entering the era
2: of money actually being something I, that you I, can weaponize. But the schools can't do it, and they really
3: don't. They have to do it through a few donors. But, but look, here's the reality. Everyone involved in an aisle is lying about the money. The players do not make as much money as people act like. The coach, everyone has an incentive to lie. The coaches lie so that recruits think it's good to go there. The players lie so they look like they're having more money. The, the, the donors lie to get more players there. These kids, there's this idea out there that all of these kids make a lot of money. That is not true. And what the market is changing, here's who makes money. Juniors who transfer or sophomores who transfer. They actually get a lot of money. Freshmen, they're actually not getting all that much money. I think Lane Kiffen, again, he is being a hypocrite. He is upset. How come Lane Kiffen doesn't complain that he makes $7 million? Like, why uh, do we focus on the crumbs that these kids get, and we don't focus on the fact that the coaches make insane amounts of money?
2: Yeah, eight point seven five million is what I'm looking at on yeah. his, on his contract right now. Where it's and that's that's a base. You know, there, there's all kinds of uh, of cookies to throw at him as well, and that doesn't mention the the golf course and the three cars and the time on the private jet and
3: everything else that he gets. No, it's it's complete hypocrisy. And, uh, and I will I guarantee what, you, the players all add all the old Miss players up, Sarin, They don't make eight point seven five million dollars guaranteed yeah
2: I, I mean i don't know what the numbers are i do know like a lot of the basketball numbers uh um, you are know false. are inflated you know i heard drew timmy was making upwards of two million dollars i had somebody in the game say they'd be shocked if anybody was over a million you and i i think talked about this i don't know if it was on the air or off the air but you know the numbers that oscar Toshiboy was getting you know are inflated. i do believe that they are inflated but they are getting real good money which i think you and i both agree they good. deserve and they, should they get. deserve it the the problem with Lane Kiffin it's not about i don't even know if it's the money as much as it's the loss of control you, good they don't cannot, need not exactly you cannot manipulate a kid it's not really really hard to leave and go someplace else there's somebody there to give him money they have lost control and you can't just browbeat a kid they actually have to find new ways to coach and i think you know good coaches Find the inequity in the market and jump on it right away. Good. And they should. They should have hard. lost
3: the control. College yes. athletics is the last place that I can think of on Earth where, for decades, the market was not free. You were not allowed. Every single person listening to this show has the ability to go work where they want to work if they get hired. College athletes did not. They had to sit out a year. That's in, uh, obscene and stupid. Coaches did not. They were. They had free labor. It is literally illegal in any other aspect of life to do it. And yet it's still to this day, the schools are getting free labor. The people that are paying them are not the schools. They're other people. The fact that these coaches have the audacity to complain about it and to call it cheating is ridiculous. This is what the free market is. And I have never seen Nick Saban, Lane Kiffin, Kirby smart, I've never seen one of them say they're making too much money. They all are making too much money, and it infuriates me to see these dudes who have gotten crazy wealthy off the backs of their kids complain that the kids get the small amounts of money that they do. Yeah, and they've lost some
2: of the power as well because all the big money guys at the schools, the only way that they could donate was to go into the program, which yes. the coaches always had their fingerprints all over how fancy the locker room would be, how big the weight room would be. They controlled all that money, and now some of that money is not going to the school. It's going straight to the kids. So they're not even able to help point where the different dollars are going to go, and it's, just, it, it's literally a petulant
3: child, you know, throwing a tantrum. That's what Lane Kiffin is. I think that's but, a really good point, by the way. I think but, but, you made a really good point about how now the schools are having to compete with their own players for money. And I think yeah. that's actually that drives some of this. I think that's a really good point.
2: And, and let's, let's, let's say this you, you saw Lane Kiffin, I'm sure you know, being in Kentucky, you you, you saw him uh, at
3: Media Days today, right? He's yes, on TV. of course. Yeah. And he you looked know, like he had just fallen out uh, like he fell asleep in the tanning bed.
2: And that's what I was just going to ask you. Has he taken the title has he won the belt away from Mike Gundy as the tannest college football coach in America today? Is he the tannest? Or, or is there two categories? Is there the bronzer, which I think might be Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, and he's really beach, golf
3: course, tan, true tan? Do, do we care? Well, I or do it- think they both are in contention for most self-righteous coach in America. <laughs> both of those men, Mike Gundy and Fr- they're very different people. But both of those men sort of they they act like here's what they remind me of. They remind me of a person who like has never read a book or never like researched or gone to school and they listen to a Joe Rogan podcast and he has a scientist on and all of a sudden they think they're a scientist cuz they heard a podcast uh, a guy on Joe Rogan. They they act like they're the first people to think of anything and they all and Lane Kiffin's like this too. He says everything with like a you're going to be blown away, bro, with how smart I am. And all he says is hypocritical nonsense. I get so tired of these coaches. Pro coaches have dealt with this for years, and they've handled it. These college coaches who had such, you know, I guess, monor- you know, they were mon- monarchies. And the fact that they think that the- these players getting a few hundred thousand dollars is sure. bad, it's just ridiculous.
2: Uh, he dodged my question about who gets the number one spot when it comes to the tannest well, coach. Well, I like I like being country. tan. I mean, you yeah. know,
3: Soren, Soren, you don't. I'm a lot, not hating a lot. on it. It doesn't look like do you. You did you not go in the sun much? I like you, being
2: tan. You, you're you just ducking the question. I'm just saying you won't you won't hand the belt out. That's fine. When we come back though, it is time to rank some stuff. I know nobody more than Matt Jones likes putting together <laughs> I, I a list. I do a a love rankings. There's nothing and, and than rankings. To uh, we're going to get it. He has been working on this, as I understand oh, it, for dude. about three weeks. Uh, we're going to get his top five NFL pretenders. That's oh, coming up waiting. next.
3: You've yep, been like waiting.
2: It. It's here on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. You, uh, you just don't see the kind of dedication I'm watching right here with Matt Jones. I mean, What is three this weeks awful and...
3: song, by the way? What is this? <laughs>
2: I figured you requested it.
3: No, I, I don't be
1: hating co- on Luke Combs.
3: Okay, that, it, I knew it had to be somebody like him. Like modern country is to me the Lane Kiffin of music in terms of <laughs> how, it's, it, how it works me up. Anyone named Luke should not be allowed to sing country music. Luke Combs, you know, Fast Car, one of the greatest songs of all time. He put a a, a remake out of it, and it's terrible. And that song is terrible. No offense to to anyone who picked it. But I'm just saying, Seren, that's all.
1: It's actually my least favorite Luke Combs song. I just play it just because.
2: Uh, I look forward to next week's list, the five worst songs ever sung by a man named Luke. The
3: five worst country music artists. Number one, Florida Georgia Line, and Luke Combs is in the top five. And I'll okay. leave
2: it at that. All right, there it is. There it is. Uh, three weeks he's been working on this list. Who are the pretenders have, in the national football? Game. And still, even during the break, still scribbling, still working. <laughs> Making it's changes. Joe, yeah, it's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM. Channel 80, uh, Joe and Amber, is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, it is time now for Matt Jones to make us all smarter by telling us which teams you don't need to worry about who are the pretenders
1: in the NFL. From the top five NFL quarterbacks, Burrow, touchdown, what a start! Who actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases,
3: How about that?
1: No, boy. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank'Em, the top five pretenders. Number five.
3: All right, so the, let me just explain. When I do Rank'Em, it's a scientific analysis. I've been crunching numbers, and this is not going to be like the five worst teams. These are going to be the five teams that are going to do worse than you folks think they're going to do. That's what I'm doing here. and So number five I'm going to say is the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins is 62 years old at this point. I know everybody's liking him on the Netflix show and that he's like he's, he's showing his personality, but we're towards the end of his reign. Every quarterback has a drop-off point. I think it happens this year for Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are in for me, are number five. They right. are not. This is the time for them to win the division, but they will not, and I say they will not even make the playoffs. They are a pretender.
1: Number four.
3: Number four, the New England Patriots. Part of this is personal. I don't like that there's a player named Mac Jones because everyone thinks his name is Matt Jones, and so I always have people thinking that we have the same name. The other part of it, though, is he's not good enough to be an NFL quarterback that takes you to a title. We now see what elite young quarterback play is. We've seen it on multiple people, not just Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, but also even guys uh, that are younger like Jalen Hurts, etc. He doesn't have it. They are going to be a pretender. I'm putting the Patriots at number four. Number three, people aren't going to like this. And again, I'm not saying this team is not going to be good. I think they will. But everybody says a team is going to the Super Bowl and it's not happening. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. There is a history of if you lose in the Super Bowl, your next year is worse. It has happened over and over and over again. They'll make the playoffs. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a great player. But the success they had last year will not repeat itself. That's why I put the Eagles at number three.
1: Number two.
3: Number two is perpetual number two. If I do this list for the next 50 years, the Dallas Cowboys will always be number two on it. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys disproportionate to every single thing on earth. The Dallas Cowboys are the most talked about franchise in sports, and yet when you consider what they've accomplished, it's not worth half the amount of air we put on it. It'll be another year where we talk about Dak Prescott. Is he hurt? Is he healthy? Is he going to be able to play? can he he win the big one? And yet they will once again disappoint they are number two.
1: Number one.
3: If I could short stock – And by puts on a stock, it would be my number one team, which is the Jets. I cannot wait to watch Aaron Rodgers fail this year. First of all, I don't like listening to him anymore. He's another one of these guys that sounds like he listened to one episode of Joe Rogan and thinks he's smart. But also, dudes that do this move, where they go to a team at the end of their career to try to succeed – The ones that are not named Tom Brady never have the success that people think they will. The Jets will be better than they were last year, but not good enough to contend in a very difficult AFC. The Jets are my number one pretender.
2: All right, to recap, Minnesota Vikings number five, New England Patriots number four, Philadelphia Eagles number three. I will point out that all three of those were preempted by a people are not going to like this. So I'm, I'm looking well, because for the riots. The
3: Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, like I mean, they, they do, but it's not happening.
2: I, I'm, I'm looking for the riots in the streets over the fact oh, that these three teams you look, are.
3: You should see outside my house right now. <laughs> there, you would think I was the Bastille with how people are about to storm it.
2: Uh, Dallas Cowboys number two. And New York Jets number one in on that list. Uh, I think I think got solid teams. I mean, we're going to hear some of these same teams uh, on the list that I'm going to give a little bit later on. Do you I, agree I, with
3: it? Do you agree, disagree with any of those? Um,
2: listen, I think they're all worthy candidates. You know, I just I, I don't know. I think the Eagles. I, I get what you're saying that they're not going to go to the Super Bowl, right? And and you laid out the groundwork as these are teams that are not going to be as good as you think they're going to be, right? So. Uh, I get that and I think the math is there and you weren't good enough to win the championship last year. Usually everybody now in a salary cap world loses a little something next year. So you're supposed to get dragged down by the masses. So I think there's just some natural NFL evolution, some natural NFL math that goes into that one. I do think Philadelphia is going to be pretty good. Uh, Everybody hurts if your quarterback goes down. Uh, I think that'll be an an issue. But I, I will tell you that you know, the New York Jets are either going to come together and be like Joe Montana with the Kansas City Chiefs where he led them to the AFC <laughs> yeah, championship game.
3: Yeah. But, or, okay, so Joe or more pe-
2: likely or more likely it, it's going to be like Brett Favre and the Jets and a team that well, they, they you know, never started, gets okay. off the ground.
3: But just so you know, it does show how much Seren loves Kansas City. That he doesn't say Tom Brady, he brings Joe Montana and the chief, uh, the Chiefs up. Most people forget Montana played there. Hey, l- let me ask you this: Here's why I don't I, I believe try, in the I Jets. Try to stay let's stay away
2: from the highest possible.
3: Let's know, go parallel. over the teams that are the Jets will not be better than guaranteed. They're not going to be better than the Chiefs, guaranteed. Right. I don't think they're better than the Bills, guaranteed. I don't think they're better than the Bengals, guaranteed. So that's three that I don't even really have to stretch my brain to say they will not be better than. Then there's a whole host of teams – that like I think there's an argument will be better than them. I think you could make the argument for the Ravens if you wanted to. You could make the argument for the Dolphins if you wanted to. You could make the argument for the Chargers. So I just don't see a world in which the Jets get to a place where I'm going to have to consider them for a Super Bowl. And if they're not going to Super Bowl, Saran, there was no reason to bring in Aaron Rodgers to begin with.
2: Yeah. How about a schedule, too, that while they're trying to find themselves and make it all fit starts with Bills at Cowboys, Patriots at home. That's a game that, frankly, they should win. They should uh, win Chiefs at Broncos now with Sean Payton. Uh, Eagles at Giants. I don't think that game's actually going to be a tough game because I don't think well, the but Giants we'll are going to You mentioned
3: but... the start. We'll know what they are. They play the Bills yes. and the Chiefs in the first three or four weeks. Whether they win those games or not, we will know what that team is right at the beginning. We'll know if the Jets are worth even talking about the ink that they wind up getting through the course of the year.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, but they, they will never go away, because whatever they are will be a story. When you play in the biggest market, that's the way it works. Listen, coming up, we'll talk about the biggest story of the day. It broke this afternoon. The sale of the Commanders is officially— did you enjoy the
3: ranking, by the way, sir. Officially, like, I did. Like, I, th- I thought it was very well done. I, I just—I rank. That's what it I
2: was. Mean. It was the energy and the effort that you put into it that I loved. Uh, right. We talk more about the uh, Commanders selling. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive
1: Insurance. Joe and Amber, the podcast—